0: Hi Iris, I'm Valentin, I'm glad to uh, have a talk with you today. Uh I want to ask uh some questions uh from you because it's uh from my side it's the very first time when I could speak to someone from Juno uh team because I tr- I, tr- I really tried to do it from uh 2021 20, I think. <laughs> So it's, mm-hmm. it was a long way to speak with someone from Juno. So um, uh, you said that you are the core uh, lead developer, lead of developing of Juno, right? Uh, yes. How uh, how you become a Juno lead developer?
1: Yep. So I am um, the lead development for Juno. So I, I'm kind of the product owner of, like the chain, as well as working with teams that are building on the Juno chain. So that's kind of my focus. And then kind of more developer relations as well. So I I kind of have to hold many different roles as the the Juno lead, but, you know, it's exciting. I started in Cosmos back in 2021 at the end, and I worked on a project called Craft Economy. This was Bridging Minecraft, the game with a Cosmos SDK chain. And so I was learning how to, how does a chain work? How does Cosmos work? Front end, UI, back end, scaling, working with a team. So I was the chief technical officer over there. Um, And then I slowly transitioned over into just doing more freelance work. And then Juno decided to pick me up to take their chain to the next level from a development side as well as just making things making sure that things get done. So that's kind of where my focus has been. I've been on Juno for roughly, I think, seven to eight months now, but officially being the development lead started back in March.
0: Okay, and uh, when you came, how was it going?
1: It It was really rough coming in. A lot of the code base needed rework. There was, you know, just... Disorganization uh, around multiple things. There's a lack of testing framework. So I've come in and I've really helped streamline it. As we've seen with version 12, version 13, and 14 upgrades, they've been extremely quick. We've been uh, getting more feedback from from app developers of what do they want to see on the network, and very quickly we're iterating and adding those features as they come. For example, the croncat's team wanted us to do something better with the command line, where it would remove a you know a few hundred characters per command and and. We, we implemented that very quickly and got that rolled out to mainnet within about two to three weeks. So, you know, we're, we're iterating quickly, we're listening to feedback, we're continuing to push forward on future developments from there.
0: What's now uh, is under development? Uh, maybe you know how many teams are working on Juno, maybe you know how many
1: projects are uh, working on something. Yep. So I don't know the exact specifics of who's kind of working where. Um, I've had probably 10 to 12 different teams reach out to me directly to have calls and things. I know that there's definitely other teams building on Juno as well. From the the core side, I am the main developer from from that from like the base layer, but then of course there's other people that help contribute and do code reviews and things like that. So, you know, it's it's definitely decentralized in that aspect. Um from a project's perspective that will be that is currently on our website and will also be on the new iteration of the website when that comes out too and there'll be a list of every single app that is both planned as well as currently on Juno and you'll be able to click through and go test those out and things like that
0: so you have a new version of website in plans right
1: Yes, that's currently being done by the communications DAO, by the the design DAO through them. And so that's uh, looking really good. It's a much better website than what we have now. And will definitely help to expand Juno in the future as users can come in and better interact than the current website.
0: I already thought about the uh, whole Juno ecosystem. And for me, it was a little bit tough to... Uh, look uh, for the uh, development progress because you can track everything in one place. So, for example, Juno has its uh, own uh, repository on GitHub, but how to track other projects uh, that are under development on the top of Juno, for example.
1: Yep. So that's definitely a difficult thing because we are a decentralized network. And of course, each project has their own ways of handling things. The best way is with, again, with this website, it will link you to every single project. You'll be able to see these projects iterate. And I think really the best way to keep up with projects is to, to follow them on Twitter. So I don't think that there is currently a Twitter list, but we should definitely have that. I'm going to make a note of that. To have a Twitter list of all projects that are building on Juno and then from there, people can go in and go see, okay, who's doing what, what kind of things? Oh, they posted a new update. Let me go check out their website. So I think that's a good idea. So I'll add that to my list of things to do.
0: Why did you decided to work on Juno? Why you choose this network? Why you choose to contribute your uh, own time, your life to Juno network?
1: Yep. So when I got into Cosmos back in 2021, smart contracts interested me, but it was way out of my reach. And as I began to have to build a chain from scratch, I realized how difficult it was to coordinate with validators. I'm coordinating with you know 20 validators and setting up the test net and the test net goes wrong and I've got to relaunch and all these things. And it, it was extremely difficult for me as a new person coming in, no documentation, very little help having to figure it out. Whenever I learned how to do a Cosmosm contract, it was quick. It was super simple and I got something to work within a week. And it was awesome of uh, the 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 speed that I was able to build a complex product quickly. And I was like, smart contract and Cosmwasm is definitely the future here. And then I learned about Juno quickly thereafter that they are the home of Cosmwasm. I was very interested from that day. And it was always kind of like in the back of my mind, like, wow, I'd really love to work on that project. So, uh, I, you know, after I was doing some freelance work and began to move into, you know, looking for a more full-time position, Juno, you know, Jay all over at Juno contacted me and was like, hey, let's let's do some stuff. So I began to work on Juno and really take development to the next level. And I've just been sticking with it since. So it's been it's been really great. And you know, I am very bullish on Cosmosm, um, both for Juno as well as for the interchain. So I think that that other networks, other you know, projects on the the Atom e- Interchain ecosystem should also use it. So I'm bullish on Cosmosm overall, but then trying to make sure that we really apply that greatly for developers on the the Juno ecosystem here.
0: What do you think what Juno is uh, right now? What is Juno uh, at the, its current state?
1: Yeah, in its current state, it is definitely the incubator for new projects. So new projects that don't want to have to launch their own chain, which I can tell from experience is a lot of hassle, can just come on, they can quickly scope out an idea. They can build a front end and they already have all of the community there ready to use their web app. So if they have an idea, they can quickly see, does this have product market fit? If not, they can reiterate and they don't have to do much more development other than change what they currently have. So you can really focus on just your product, making sure it's the best thing. And we handle all the infrastructure. We have public providers. We have all the relayers to connect to other chains. We have all of that. We have a great core team. We have DowDow, especially to help manage so that way that not one person can you know, migrate your contract and take over, for example. You can have multiple people control that contract to ensure that you know updates that do come through are legitimate and that way that there is a, a mechanism of security there. So we have all these great features and it simplifies your workflow a ton for developers. And we've also included new features like the fee share module. So now not only... Do you get all of those great features? Now you get 50% of all gas fees generated from your contract. And so this is pushing ahead on, we put developers first to build great products to then build those for our users.
0: So uh at this moment DAO DAO might be considered as a governance a second governance layer from the main of uh, Juno for example you w- you just want to uh run your project without uh without validators without your own chain and DAO DAO might be considered as the tool for the gov- governance of your uh, own project It's, uh, Correct. it's
1: so the- yeah yeah I'll add some more there. So while DowDow currently is a second layer of governance um, underneath the main governance layer, as we outlined in the Juno Evolution article, we actually want to make DowDow the governance layer itself. So our thing is, is how can we pull out the current governance layer and put DowDow in its place to allow for things such as multi-choice you know, choice voting, where instead of having, like we've seen with the the multiple proposals up right now for funding what we could do is we could have multiple choice of which one do you want out of say six or seven you choose one or two and you can decide that and then at the end it would it would pick based off of the most amount of votes for for those areas so these are things that we want to focus on and is has been outlined in our our evolution article
0: um okay sounds sounds very cool um who's working on juna at this moment how many person maybe, or uh who is working? it's uh also an interesting question because um in socials, it's quite also tough to uh track how many person is working on it. You just have a contributors, for example link on Juno web page, but who is actually working it is like a secret. <laughs>
1: yeah so our contributors are public i will send you a link here and then um so there's currently a code contributions on github itself and you can go through and see who is doing what as well as how many lines have they done how many commits how, all these different things so for the most part from a code development perspective i would say that i am the large majority of the last couple updates probably like 90 plus percent we've had uh now inter, uh the Strange Love team, so Jack Samplin and, and his crew over there have helped do some things with interchain testing. We're also pushing updates up to that side. And then we have the Notional team work, doing some work on the SDK 47 release in the future. So we've got, you know, two main teams as well as myself, and we're looking to continue to expand that in the future with more single core developers. Now, while that is on the core team, we then again have other projects such as DowDow, which has, I think, 10 plus contributors there. And they have, you know, weekly calls of at least seven plus so you know well well core juno has you know significantly less than what most other projects have we've seen with the speed that we've been able to iterate that this is the way to go and so we're, we're making sure to maximize long-term sustainability as well as as quick updates uh safely and and quickly so that's kind of where we're at with that so c-
0: could you maybe uh share some your uh thoughts why uh Juno's price is struggling at this moment because many of uh, users in community want to know what's happening why price is uh, dumping day by day because uh, it looks like so many projects not uh, dumped a lot in comparison of Juno but uh, will we have something to make... Um, make the action in the other way.
1: Yeah, so Juno's price action isn't just unique to Juno. You know, Juno has had its fair share of of criticisms and things like that. But at the same time, if you compare it to other assets in the Cosmos ecosystem, they're down roughly the same. I believe I saw today Stargaze is down 96% from all-time high. Juno is 98%. That 2% difference, I mean, relative to being down, you know, 90 plus percent, this is mostly macroeconomic conditions in my, uh, in my in my thoughts. So I think most of it is macro, especially with interest rates being as high as they are, as quickly as they came up. So that that's difficult to compete with. We're seeing even you know quality companies uh, be down you know thirty to fifty percent in this market for gro- growth companies um, in the standard stock market. So well, yes, market market is down. You know sentiment is low. A lot of what you do see on Twitter and things like that are overexemplified because of the fact that you know it's an echo chamber so if everyone thinks juno's bad everyone's just going to post that and we've seen uh, i believe wolf went through some past tweets where people were super bullish on juno two three months ago and as things have now changed they're now super bullish and think the project's going to die and the thing is that you want a chain like juno in the inner chain just from a onboarding perspective of developers you don't want everyone have to create their own chain so If Juno fails and other Cosmosm chains fail, then that means that a large chunk of Cosmos fails with smart contracts. And that means that we're stuck using Ethereum. And based off of the conversations I've had that, like, it's number one, it's super expensive. And number two, it's not a great development experience, though it's easier to get set up than what we have in Cosmos. So that's one of my core focuses is to fix documentation and make it super simple where an average user with some basic development experience can launch a contract, have an example, and ready to go, and they're ready to just go mess with it. And so I think that that's where our focus needs to be in this time. That way when the, the bull market does come back and interest rates you know, either stay at the same level or slightly decrease, um, we can begin to, to really break out from this this difficult decline. Um, so
0: I, uh, I see that the good point for the developers, is that they could just join the network, they have every tool, they have code base, they have uh, documentation for everything and they could set up their uh, projects and so on and so on. So um, this is the main motivation of developers to just switch uh, from the Ethereum and join uh, Juno or other smart contract platform, right? uh but yeah uh, so uh, i i I just want to uh i just want to hear something from you if you have also opinion on it uh what to uh what users and developers uh and or also called core developers might uh do to bring some funds for example from ethereum or from other chains or to just uh Raise some funds because uh, many developers are focusing on Ethereum uh, and, uh, for example, uh, Binance Chain because they have uh, money, they have liquidity, and so on. How to bring liquidity to uh, Cosmos in general? Will it? Uh, will we have some funds uh, with the, uh, for example, native USDC launch? or with some um as i as i see uh juna developers are really um, involved they are participating in different conferences they are spreading the word about juna and they want to what 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 do they want also to achieve uh with this uh public uh public conferences and so
1: on. Yep, so your first question was related to, okay, uh, um, developers. So yes, our goal is to get developers from the Ethereum side and bring them over into the Juno side or you know, Cosmwasm in the interchange. So with IBC, this is the whole point of IBC. It's not that you're going to launch on just Juno, that we would like for you to launch, you know, firstly on Juno, but also to launch on other Cosmosm chains that have other benefits. For example, Mars Protocol, where they have lending and borrowing and they're more DeFi based. So you can launch a project on Juno and on Mars protocol and have those connect together and utilize the best of both chains from the, you know, hey, we incubated on Juno using something like Windex and Mars to do our lending or something. So, you know, the focus is IBC at its forefront with Cosmosm there built on the Cosmos stack. And Ethereum does not yet provide that. In the future, of course, it'd be nice to have IBC on Ethereum. But at the same time, fees are ridiculous and they're extremely high. And that, that that proves that users are willing to pay these fees. They're willing to take this kind of slippage and because they want to use the network. And we need to make it so that way that Cosmos is just as easy as using Ethereum, if not better. And that will bring liquidity over because then it's just a better Ethereum. And so I think Juno and the Cosmos is... You know, focus should be to how to provide a better experience on navigating the interchain and being better than what Ethereum currently has. And if we can do that, liquidity will come, developers will come, but first we need to make sure that we have documentation and number two, infrastructure that can actually scale to what we need for an Ethereum amount of users. And a large part of this is also wallets. So we're going to see that as we get MetaMask support for Cosmos in, I believe it is August or September. So whenever we have that level of support, then a lot of money will be able to flow into Cosmos much easier because they don't want to use Kepler or Leap or these other wallet providers we have. Let's just use native MetaMask, and that is a, a large portion of where that money can come from. So I think that you know, things are slowly working towards finally getting to a truly interoperable future, and that's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, uh, you said that MetaMask will, will add Cosmos, right? They... Uh one of core developers say something about it.
1: Yeah, I saw it on Twitter a couple of weeks ago where MetaMask is gonna have Cosmos support through, I forget what they called it, but it's like Spark or something where it's like an add-on essentially. And so, you know, if you add support for for Cosmos, it's not or for Cosmos Atom, it's not much harder to add support for say Osmosis or Juno. You, you can add those there because it's all built on the same base stack. And then we have our core unique D apps that are there. Um, so you know that's a good way to get users over. As long as it has IBC support, and just making sure that Axelar Bridge and Gravity work properly to move those funds over from there, and Noble should help with this as well uh, for native USDC.
0: Um, which uh, applications are the most uh, interesting and productive on Juno? Maybe you know about something that uh, will be interesting not only for developers but also for users because uh we for example as post human validator we use uh, dao we utilized we utilized it as our validator's governance and um, in the uh, in the future some i i saw that some projects building like games but at this moment i uh i don't see any new for example announcements or something like that and um what's uh what like a regular user what should or ha- or could do with uh with juno
1: Yep. So the biggest thing that Juno has done, I've done a lot of analysis on what does Juno currently offer by scanning every single contract on chain, how many people have used it, what is its function. So a lot of the chain still is currently DeFi. So anything finance related, wind, Juno swap, things like that. Uh, The second biggest thing is... IBC transfers and transferring it to other chains, both in and out. There's a lot more in uh, than there has been out, which is was exciting to see. And then other things are, you know, you have gambling, you have games that are coming up, but a lot of it is still DeFi. And I think that we need to put more of a focus and things like fee share will now open this up to marketplaces and uh, games that, but you can actually earn money from without requiring the user to have to put money in. And so you know, some things that I've wanted to see is like a farming simulator, something like Farmville, where you've got a plot of land, you have animals, and like make things simple. Uh Tamagotchis is another example. So I think that we need to focus more on games. I've got a couple ideas of my own, um, uh, bringing, importing large games that are currently very popular with hundreds of millions of users into Juno. And that is possible. We just need to put the work and effort into it. And so these are the things that I'm looking at of how can we get the next you know, wave of people to come in. People don't care about DeFi too much. They want to have something that they can actually do. Let's build games. Let's build applications and things like that. I think that we need more of a focus on that. And now that is possible with our fee share module. So now they're actually going to be able to be rewarded for building that game without requiring direct funds from the user.
0: To make it it real, it is, so it's, already possible, for example, to make a transfer from just regular game to game on the blockchain, for example, on Juno, you could just, um, for example, you are a game developer, you have, uh, from the Juno side, you have a couple of, uh, you have a stack for this transition or how it works?
1: Yeah, so I've done a lot of work of transitioning a Web 2 game to Web 3, what you would do is, number one, the Web2 game can be closed source. So you do not need an open source Web2 game. You just need a Web2 game that can, that has like plugins or like hooks that you can write your own custom code into. Uh, A direct example is Minecraft, where there's plugins, you can write code and you can have different functions happen. So what you can do is a couple, um, you essentially write a middle layer for this. So you tell the web, The Web2 side, hey, you need to wait for a transaction to happen from a certain user. This is kind of how like Strides airdrop works. So it checks, hey, has that user staked? If so, then we'll give them part of their airdrop. So the way that it works with Minecraft or other Web2-based games is, hey, if the user has performed this function on chain, we're going to constantly check, say every six seconds, and once they do that, we will give them their item in game. And so you can build this middle layer, um, and I've got a bunch of work on that. So if developers are interested in how to do this, I have more than enough documentation, so uh, security, as well as how to set up your systems that you'll need with different database layers like Redis for your middle caching, as well as Mongo database or SQL for your actual long-term persistent storage. So I've got a bunch of work on this and documentation that uh, other developers will definitely find useful.
0: And uh, for example, if some project will want to join Juna Network, you will uh you will help them or something like that you will show them how to uh how they could um, make it uh make it real
1: yeah so that's kind of another area that i've been focused on is consulting with teams on hey we're trying to do this thing and i'm able to either route them in the right direction with like, that is where you should go, or you should try this differently. This will be easier for you too. So I think that having direct one-on-one consulting with, you know, someone on the core team helps that understands, you know, the entire stack, both from Cosm Wasm as well as on the SDK. But then at the same time, having groups where developers can help each other. So we're seeing this with uh Jake Hartnell's Code and Chip, where every single Sunday he goes on and he writes and shows you how to write an NFT, or will show you other things. Like in the future, I'll come on and show you how to index the blockchain or how to launch a game on and, and uh with a UI and different things like this, where we need examples to show developers, hey, this is what happens when you come in. When you do come in, we'll help you. We will work with you. We'll consult with you, as well as give you the resources, uh, both from documentation as well as with other developers that may have run into your same problems. So we have a, a group of developers of I think there's 170 people in there that they can, you know, discuss, hey, there's an issue that I'm having with this, and someone else can come help directly. So, you know, pairing developers with others and then working to provide better documentation for all developers all around, both from very basic things um, that most people should know, as well as the more tricky niche things that we need to focus on to solve problems that, that developers have run into.
0: At this moment, uh, Juno is sustainable to live one or two years in the bear market. Um, is, is it uh, so? The cost of developers is very high because it's uh, very uh, like very expensive position, and uh, mm-hmm. many of Juno developers are self-funded or they just uh, selling tokens because it's important to be to be like in the game, for example.
1: Yeah, Mm. it's definitely a difficult situation. But at the same time, I believe Juno has less developers than most other chains but at the same time, we're shipping quicker than these chains. So it's it's not about the number of developers that you have on the core side. It's about you know the productivity and efficiency that you can push through. So I'm working on things like in, uh, better testing and things like this that other developers will also be able to use. So that way that we can speed up their workflows and that way that they spend less time working on the boring things that they're going to have to do on these other chains that do not have these tools. So we're going to provide you a great ecosystem of tools and and documentation. And we're already working on these things and working with uh, teams to begin to integrate these things. And so, you know, that, that's a strong focus that saves you time, that saves them money, and overall, you know, will help the experience. And we're going to continue shipping updates up, uh, you know, here within the next couple of weeks, we'll have v15 on testnet, faster block times that allow games and things like that. So we've got to jungle and decide what is the, the most impactful area that we can, that we can touch to help developers to help you know, either less costs or things like this. We've seen this uh, with the last update where we removed IBC costs for IBC relayers. So now they have zero transaction fees. What usually would cost a relayer, you know, $50 to $100 per month is now $0. So we're focused on core infrastructure, providing new updates, as well as how can we better give documentation and tools to developers to build for their users quicker to go to pro- to go to market so that's we've got multiple you know core features there and again that's been outlined in the evolution article that we posted a couple weeks ago um
0: yeah uh that's uh that's really great so the um the future of juno will be like a smart contract platform where builders could create something and they would be like self-funded because their smart contracts will allow them to have some fees generated and they don't have to uh, ask uh, ask money from the users directly, right?
1: Correct. So yeah, that's part of our fee share module. The, uh, we are currently working with the Kepler team to enable integrations with, uh, it's called our our fee module, which will allow for us to increase fees 10 times through governance. And then uh, all smart contract developers just have a 10x increase in their fees overnight. And as the market price will, you know, go up and as market conditions change and things like that, and as we increase fees more, they will have more and more income as more users uh, use their, their products. So they are directly incentivized to create a great product and to market it as much as they can. And that pulls new people in as well as the current ecosystem and their 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 payments will eventually get to a point where they do not have to, you know, rely on external funding. They can fund everything internally. And then, of course, from an external funding perspective, depending on your product, you can talk with the Juno Growth DAO and get funding there directly for large sums that are vested over time. Sell those staking rewards to pay for your servers and and hosts and things like that. So that is a great DAO as well.
0: Uh, I also meant, you um the situation when for example um nobody use juno for example and uh, developers could create um could create a self income for example to continue the juno development are, are they um are they good mm, do it by themselves for a long period of time so it's a, a question uh i had this question because um, i see that some projects for example on ethereum they are not closing during the bear market but uh, but at the same time they are development they are, they are developing their product it is very slow it's it is very low capital capitalized projects but they are continue development so uh the juna uh, could make uh, like like the same because um, they or they are only um, could like depend on the Juno token price, and if it goes uh, very, very low, they will just switch to another project to uh, have some funds from them.
1: Yeah. So on that point, let's just say that a project switches from Juno to I'll use you know another platform is like Neutron. The thing is that the same thing can happen to Neutron, where you know while they currently do have funds, let's just assume that Neutron's price goes the same price as Juno is now. Okay, the project is just going to launch the next one. So, you know, projects that are moving to these other chains only proves the fact that they are looking for this exact product, and Juno was the first to market with that. Juno is the one where you can launch whenever you want; you don't need anyone's approval. You can just go do it. And so, you know, if you if they are moving to other chains, it only proves the fact that Juno is in a correct position that we need we need developers to be able to create their own products without having to launch a chain from the the funding perspective. I know projects are funding out of their own pockets currently. It is a difficult time in the bear market, but that is not a case in just Juno. That is in any other ecosystem. You know, asset prices across the board are down. So it's a difficult situation. Uh, I think that we've learned a lot as Cosmos whenever we do come out of this bear market where Cosmos will realize, hey, we need to hold more of our treasuries in USDC and UST and other, or USDT or whatever the uh, the tether variant is, and hold more tokens that are fiat-based or fiat-backed in some way to actually have capitalization for the next bear market uh, to fund developers to have development and to still have a strong position so we're not in the correct position that we are in this market. Um, So
0: also you said that um, projects could very easily be uh, started, be launched on Juna network and uh, how projects may know about the Juna, how do, uh, how do they should uh, learn that uh, Juno exists and uh, the, that on Juna they could launch their products very, very easily.
1: Yep. So this is a big area of the new website is to make sure that this is abundantly clear, as well as a lot of links to documentation, videos, uh, like short form, like TikTok kind of style, uh, short form content there. And so, you know, that's that's kind of one, one of the focuses is to make sure that we have the resources there to show them how to build. And then uh, the communications now today we've been working on, how can we better, you know, get show the message and the story of what Juno is and give that to not only the Juno ecosystem members, but to other people in Cosmos, as well as Ethereum and Solana and things like that. So that is the focus now of, okay, we've got great infrastructure, we've got great features, we have all these great things, now we need to get users. And as we make sure that that documentation is strong, as well as as scripts and the tools that they need, and we can make that as easy as the Ethereum side, Ethereum developers will happily move over, whenever MetaMask support is added, of course, to, to move liquidity, but also tooling. If we can make it where you can launch a meme coin in the same 30 seconds as you can on a, on Ethereum, like, great, it's cheaper on our side. You're not going to, you know, you've got all of the great features of, of proof of stake cheaply through multiple chains. It scales great. And so we have, we'll have that and developers will happily move over provided the documentation is there. If we do not have the documentation, developers will not move over. And if that case, you know, that's all of Cosmos is going to have an issue. And this is why it's important to provide documentation and tooling for, for things. That way we can scale up things like IBC and Cosmos and contracts to other developers.
0: So um Juna Communications DAO are working to uh inform different uh communities of different projects. What
1: is Juna? Yep. So we do weekly calls every two weeks. On, oh, we do biweekly weekly calls. And that is on Twitter, on the main Twitter the main Twitter account. Uh, I believe we're having it tomorrow at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. Eastern. So we, we've got that. I also run a monthly call where it's just all updates at the end of the month on the last Thursday of, of each month at 1600 UTC, and we just go through everything on what has Juno done, what features do developers want, and things like that as direct feedback, and so they are now focused on, okay, we've got the, you know, the update side down, now we need to focus on the story of Juno, is what is Juno, why are we here, why should developers care, and why do you want to build here, because we're going to have a, we have a great ecosystem, we have a great community, we have great infrastructure. Here's how to leverage all those things and to describe those in detail as well as broad sense. So that way that the average user can understand, Hey, maybe I want to go do some app on Juno. And so we can bring both communities together into Juno. Uh,
0: I just want to clarify one thing that I meant that, uh, how, for example, Solana users or Ethereum users will be, uh, informed that Juno exists. For example, that do. Does does the Juna Communications DAO uh, make some steps in this way, maybe they have some announcements or they run some maybe marketing campaigns or just uh, campaigns to spread the information not with marketing purposes but just to let other projects know that Juno exists and they have a cool features cool tools and something uh something other to make your to uh, give opportunities for developers to make your project and launch it very smooth and uh fast with slow fees and so on
1: yeah so you know a few things is of course the story of juno kind of what we are in, and giving that broad sense there but then also at the same time providing specific examples to Let's port contracts over from Ethereum, such as like GMX or, or uh, in you know GLP and things like that. Import them over into Cosmos and show this is how you do it. And we can launch those kind of like forks here, like a Uniswap fork, for example, like how Evmos did. So we should bring those things in. Show developers, this is how it's done. You guys understand how this works. We've got that and then have the communications down market these things and really push that hard both in the Cosmos community, but more importantly in the Ethereum and Solana communities there. And so I think that reaching out to developers directly of, hey, does this interest you or what, what, what issues do you have in Ethereum that you would like to have solved? And let's fix those in Juno if they're not already solved and really push to make developers life easier and their their community base and users will happily move over if it is cheaper and easier to use. And if we can do that for developers and then subsequently their users, you know, that's a great thing. Um, and but I I still think the most difficult part is MetaMask and not having MetaMask support. You know, really blocks us off from the Ethereum community. So I think we'll see a lot more collaboration as that support does begin to roll in and we see applications be able to use up uh, the MetaMask extension.
0: But for example, Atmos is already support uh the MetaMask wallet. Why is it a problem to make the same for uh, Juno, for example? I'm asking just from the regular user and not from developer, because uh there is no difference. Uh, this is uh wallets these wallets are both extensions.
1: <laughs> yeah, well um I think that FMOS did not do a great job marketing to the Ethereum community. If you want to look at a project that did a great job, you need to look at Canto. So that's a uh, ticker symbol C-A-N-T-O. And they brought in, I think, like on initial launch day, like $50 million. And I believe they said it like $500 million uh, total value lock at the moment. So they have marketed great to the community, not because they built on Cosmos and you know had funds move over, but because they focused on what the Ethereum community wanted and they brought those over to Cosmos. And I think that if Juno can also do that that same feature of DeFi and those different things that the Ethereum community is already used to, the funds will come in because it is cheaper and it is easier to use. And if we can do both of those things, we will capture Ethereum users and developers because those developers will move over to focus more development here because it'll be quicker, it'll be safer through Rust, as well as just a scaling perspective with the Cosmos and the AppChain thesis.
0: Um, just imagine that every week, for example, uh several launches on Juna, for example, Uniswap on Juna, um some landing protocols such as Maker on Juna, it, like this, and ev- every week you could see that every year the most popular m- most popular applications are uh more effective on Juno, more um uh, like Sufficient cost expensive and uh, cost less cost expensive
1: and so on. Um, and they get to leverage DowDow. So that's the best part is, you know, you can't have DowDow on Ethereum at the moment. Ethereum, you know, Maxis as well as just normal users are looking for a product like DowDow. And Juno is the home of DowDow. We have out here. It is live. It is in production. You can use it today. So a lot of users and, you know, developers are seeing like, we want we need a product like DowDow. And now they're they're realizing like DowDow Dow is what we needed like like we need these certain features and you know the team over there Zeke and Noah and others have done a great job quickly iterating and adding new things like Web three auth so you can create a wallet through a Google sign in like you would like any other website it'll create your wallet in the background and is ready to go you don't even know you have a wallet it's just kind of there and it will auto you know fill up with some Juno and gas fees and all that stuff so you can interact with DowDow Dow like you would like go to you know, a website like Facebook or, or YouTube or one of those other, you know, large sites and to bring that over into Juno and Juno will be the first to have it. And that's really exciting.
0: Mm, yeah, that's quite interesting also for users. So you would be able to, um, like, make a connection with Daodao using your Google, for example, uh, Google account, right?
1: You can yes, you can do that today. So you can go to dowdow.zone and you can go uh and create a wallet with your, your Google account and you know you don't have to deal with any of the mnemonic stuff. In the future, of course, you can get that mnemonic and bring it into your MetaMask or Kepler or Leap Wallet, but it abstracts away all the difficulties of Web3 and allows you to just use Dowdow as you normally would and go like mess with it and play around. And so that was something that I believe some of the Ethereum people wanted and they went and they shipped it and now it's there. And so, you know, like having iterations like that, that bring a much easier experience for users is great. And developers now don't have as hard of a time of trying to get people on. And so this, you know, begins to open up the floodgates for more people to come in. Mm,
0: So um, what's about the economics? Uh, Do you like it Uh, or maybe uh... There might be some changes in the future uh, with economics. I heard something that um, I it was your proposal maybe, uh, but I saw that uh, something like um, like I I I don't remember the uh, name of this thing, but when you claim some unclaimed token clawback something like that and. Uh, uh, as for, for from my from my perspective uh, this tokenomics is very good because it is not so uh, huge like uh, in comparison for example with osmosis but um it is still a big bunch of tokens but they will be um every every token will be uh, in supply in 20 20- 33.
1: Twenty. Twenty it's either thirty-three or thirty-two. Uh it's twenty-one. Thirty three, yep, twenty twenty thirty-three. All tokens will be minted and there's no more created.
0: Yeah, and this is very long period of time, but uh there are no like burning mechanisms and uh many of Cosmos chains uh are getting stuck with these inflation, inflationary, high inflationary economics, where uh, they mean lots of tokens, they uh, like lost their value and so on. Maybe you have some thoughts on economics or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my proposal was to it was just it was purely an idea because i i built a cosmos indexer i indexed all of juno very quickly and then i iterated through it to grab data of different you know applications and users and what is happening who's doing what and so we have that data and one of the things that i found is let's what is the idea of us pulling back airdrop tokens which are in their account or in their and like they're able to claim them, but we've seen things like Stride and Osmosis where they reclaim those tokens back to the the community pool and then either redistribute them or do something with it. So my idea originally was, you know, we would take those, I believe it's 9 million tokens, uh, and we would either give it back to stakers or we would do some other function with it. Golden Ratio Validator had the idea that we could use it as like a liquid staking. So we could swap half of that over to you know, another token like either USDC or over to uh, like the stride Juno or when Juno pair that in a pool and now have a lot of liquidity there. And then on top of that, I had the idea that maybe we do that, but allow people that come back in where if they originally had that airdrop up, uh, they could reclaim back their tokens from the pool uh, through a simple contract. And so that way we essentially use what the you know, is currently unused. And in the future, when they decide to either join the network or come in, they can get those tokens back just as they normally would. And so that was kind of the idea. Um, we're not going through with that, of course. We just, I was just putting it out there as, as an idea. From a burn mechanism, I don't think that burning a token actually provides any value. While you think it does, it's not really like a stock buyback or an equity buyback in that sort. So you're just throwing the token away. And I think that, there's not really too much value to add there and you just run into the issue that as the token price goes down, people are going to just want to kick that up higher. And so eventually you're at 100% burn rate because they want just everything to burn so their, their price goes up, but that doesn't actually fix the underlying issue. Cosmos does not have liquidity and we need more developers and more applications and we need better scalability. And so whenever we have those other things, there's no reason to talk about a burn tax or a burn in that aspect. So I think that if we're going to create a burn proposal or, you know, that those ideas, that should be done in a good market. So when prices are up and people are happy, do you want a burn token? And if people still think then yes, then okay, let's talk about it. I think tokenomics should be created in a good market and should not be altered in a bad market. That is you should do that in a good market and decide then. So if there's issues you know, you, you focus on it then, but as we're in this market, I don't think we need to change the tokenomics. You know, again, we don't have we have a max cap of supply at 185 million. And then on top of that, um, the core team is vested out all the way to 2033, and eventually it hits zero percent inflation. So it's a definitely long track record there. We're in a difficult time, but we're still only two years into Juno's uh since Juno's launch. So very early, but still a long ways to go.
0: So have to be uh always productive as you. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I am excited of just, like I get excited to solve difficult problems. So as long as I get to solve difficult problems, whether that be from a marketing side or a technical side, or, you know, a stakeholder side of, you know, people are looking for these things. That's where my focus needs to be. And it, it excites me because I get to hop around and solve different problems. So, while we're launching v15, I've done you know faster block times. It's at three seconds, is is what our goal is. Infrastructure providers are are worried about something, so I created a tool that fixes this for infrastructure providers. Now they're happy. Now other people want tokenomics changes, so I'm like trying to bring everyone together. Of these are the different things here that we have, and we can focus on different you know projects and ideas as we come up with them and as we create more features. And my thing is okay. Which one needs to be the first priority? Solve that. Okay, I'm on to the next one. And so productivity comes directly off that because I'm constantly switching. I understand what the group wants, and I know what what we need to do. I just have to execute on that. And so that that's really fun to me.
0: Um, I uh, I see that um, English speakers not often uh, talk about their personality. They are like. More on more focused on focused on the product side, but not how they uh, keep yourself in the good uh, health conditions and something like that. Because it's also very important. It's like a very uh, stressful to sit all the day to look at the screen and uh, see these red digits. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So ha- how you keep yourself in the good fit, for example, because you don't look like a man that is extra exhausted, like to mm, just do your like job. You look like an enthusiast. And uh, how you keep yourself in this condition?
1: Yeah, so the biggest thing is I think mentally, you just need to understand what you're getting into. I understood coming into Juno, it's not going to be easy. Like, if I wanted something easy, I'd go to another network and just sit and be easy or get a, <laughs> or get like just a normal job. Like, if I wanted something like that, that's what I would do. I believe I can make a difference. I believe that. I have the skills and the ability to come in and solve difficult problems, solve problems for a lot of people very quickly and iterate on that. So that's something that excites me. So mentally, you know, I am sound. Uh, I enjoy like thinking of work. I enjoy working. If I'm not working, I'm listening to music and I'm thinking about how to work better and and improve on that. So that, that's a big thing. Um, number, another thing is I go, you know, I, I, I step away and go for walks and things like that um you know i try to get as much sleep as i can i'm looking at new sleep schedules so i try to optimize my life to work the best and to do the just to you know have the, the most productive output for the time that i am working so you know you know that including health like hey go walk go stand up go do other things go sleep you know vitamins all that stuff like you know that's that's another area where because I'm at Juno, you know, I'm able to quickly work and then go take a break for a bit. And then, as you can see with my glasses, like I have eye condition. So I have issues with like actually looking for at a monitor, where in the past I would look at a monitor for two hours, I'd have to go take a nap for eight hours, like just completely threw me off. With these now, I'm able to work, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. And then I'm able to go take a day off, just go think about that, go and then replan. So just having that flexible schedule as well also super helps and, you know, keeps me sane of, I'm solving difficult problems, but at the same time, I'm able to take a break for a day and then come back and go go solve it and launch it into production. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: I think it this is uh, one of the best parts of remote job that you could just take a rest and uh, touch the grass and something like that. Um, last uh, two questions I have. So do you see uh, some steps which are needed for Juno to make a bear market survivor. So, do you see that some something that um, should be should be done for Juno to survive this bear market, and uh, or it's not a question. It's like uh, just a matter of time to, um, and the Juno will continue its own development or maybe you see some steps which should, be, uh, which should be done for Juno at this moment of the market. Because some projects are, uh, looks like they want to close themselves because they are not really uh, alive chains, they have no transactions in the blocks and
1: so on. Yeah, so we've seen that even despite the bear market, the number of transactions and the number of transaction fees generated are at an all time high as of last week. So, you know, Juno has been open for many, many weeks, probably, I think it's 100 plus weeks now. And we're still, we're now at the peak where people are using the chain more than ever. So I think that's a good sign that people are using apps here, they're doing things, and they want to continue to use Juno. So despite the bear market, we're seeing activity. Uh, you know, the price does not reflect that, but the activity is continuing to go up. And I think that you know, price does not always equal value and a lot of time the market thinks that price is the value and that is that is drastically incorrect and, you know, uh, the market is not perfect and there is large arbitrage uh, opportunities and I believe that Juno is one of those ar- uh, those opportunities and so you know if you don't see the value in juno you don't have to buy juno it's okay go buy you no know, any other token that you want in cosmos or ethereum you know like there's there's no issue with that but i think that the people that that see the value in juno want it to do well and we want it to do well not just for our own sake but also for other projects to come in because we want to use those projects and so by juno succeeding it doesn't it's not just that juno succeeds it's that all projects on juno succeed both now in the past, as well as in the future. And so I think that's that's exciting and that's a scalable solution that is here because you're able to just go launch your project. So it's not just a benefit for us, it's a benefit for all. Mm.
0: And the last uh, question, uh, it is the question from the community I asked, uh, one user asked about what would be an end game for the, for for the Juno? So, what Juno should uh, what Juno should make to just let uh, developers sit and relax uh, and look for their success?
1: I don't quite understand the question. So, like, what Juno needs to do to be like super successful is what you're saying?
0: For 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 example. Uh, uh i don't really think that um ethereum core developers should do something uh, like in the in the general way so they already got a success so the chain is working uh like even without them so what should juna do to make something like that
1: got it yeah so i think that For Juno to really be successful, we need to focus on adding features now and making sure that we're able to scale features up in the future. And ideally, core members like myself and others in the future should be able to step away from core development and build a project on Juno, whether that be a game or something where we understand the entire technical stack. Okay, we have an idea. We can go do that. This is kind of similar to what happened to Confio, uh, the creators of, you know, like this the sole maintainers of Cosm where a couple of their members went to go create the wind uh, decentralized exchange. And so I think that ideally Juno should have that as well, where, you know, hey, we're the core members now, but let's go create this other project and allow Juno to run itself. Of course, we need more contributors and things like that. But I think that that's a good area to get through. And despite Juno's success, you know, I'm excited about building, you know, apps on Juno. And I think that the other core members are as well. We've seen communities pop up like RaccoonBet and Gelato and other platforms where there are people that want to create these things. We need to enable them to be able to do that.
0: Sounds extra cool. Maybe you want to share some uh, last thoughts you have, for example, some words for the community, or you have some things that uh, like some uh, some thoughts for uh for the developers, uh, how they could join or how they could help to Juno, how the community could help to Juno, or something like that.
1: Yeah. So, from helping uh, Juno, it's just important to you know stay engaged with with, with the content we push out on the communication sub-DAO as well as on the the core Juno network uh, account. And if you have a question or you're trying to get connected, just post a reply in there. I typically, on every tweet, I'll go through it, you know, about a day after its released to see what are the comments there, what are, you know, what are people's thoughts, and skimming out, you know, just the the, the plain negative. So just reaching out, um, our, Git, our GitHub is public, so you're able to go in. You can see what issues we're working on. You can see, like, what we're actually working on from the, the code perspective. You can just go in and just go tag us if you're a developer. If you have documentation experience, you can reach out to me directly. Um, or like English uh, or like even translations and things like that. Like if you have experience in these things, like we're more than happy to help reach out to me directly on Twitter. Um, if you want to link that for the, my Twitter is at Reese PB cups underscore. And so, you know, just, just reaching out to either a core member or someone on a sub and they can get you routed to, to where you need to be for the the biggest impact based off your, your experience from a, a market perspective. Yes. Times are tough but times are tough across all of cosmos. And if you've made it this far, you know, you've shown that you're not only a, a core believer, but you really be, like, you really believe in, in the, in the project. And so I think that selling out now, if you don't have a direct financial need to, um, would kind of just be a loss, uh, depending on, on your, 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 of course, your bullish thesis. So yes, it's difficult, but if our our plan has not changed. We continue to want to be the incubator chain for projects. We have shown that from from launch and we continue to do that to this day and we're going to continue to do that in the future. So if you're bullish on people building on uh blockchain platforms and building either defi or applications or or whatever you think uh that is still true on Juno, that's going to be true across the interchain. And so market conditions, yes, things are down, things are difficult, but at the same time, you know, things can be good when the market does come back and that is the the sole limiting factor at the moment
0: that sounds really perfect thanks a lot for joining um let's keep in touch in the future
1: absolutely absolutely that sounds good
0: yeah